Like when you phone Telcom and then you say like I want an ADSL and so is it there fiber already? It's like uh, do you know where's the moot? Where? <laughs> okay, I, I understand, sir. Yeah, there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. So and the line is so old that basically nobody's using it anymore. So I had to learn the whole block on my street. Everybody's names I know by now. And uh, I have their phone number, so I can really go a street bride <laughs> if I want to. But it, uh, as we went on uh, Friday, the squirm was sitting under a tree, and thankfully we needed to go into that house. And he's old, he's over 80. And he, like, literally just opens up the gate. Like, usually he just, yeah, yeah, in the mood, everybody's friendly, but you greet one another through the gate, and then you open the gate. <laughs> because, my, like, 50% of the chance, somebody has a story. Uh, and uh, we, the one opens up, and he's waiting for his, and he just starts talking. It's like, now I'm waiting for my daughter. She's coming back from Sunset, and you know what happened, because they were sleeping there, and the aircon broke, and the whole place flooded, and they gave them a complimentary extra night, and it cost like 8,000 rand to stay there. And they stayed over, and I haven't even had the chance to tell him, I just want to get to the telephone pole. And he just starts telling these stories about his, uh, about his daughter. And at this moment, you know, she's in retail, or no, what do you call it, uh, when she sells properties, property, I'm not sure. But she has people working for her. So she's not, it doesn't sound like she's actually the salesperson, like she, because she took clients out and stuff like that. And he's telling me this story, and I'm just there for the poll. So at Finally, I get an opportunity to just introduce myself. <laughs> and I was like, hi, Worm, I'm Nicolas. We actually just, I'm here with Telcom. I want to know if we can get to your poll. And he's like, yeah, that's not a problem. We just have to um, phone my daughter because it's her house. And you know, like for it, eh? It's like, whoa, Worm, won't it? And, and he's like, well, let me tell you. Because her previous husband shot both their kids and they're not married anymore and then he killed like himself and she's like staying with a new guy which is married with but they don't stay together anymore because you know he dopes <laughs> so suddenly this story is just evolving even deeper and deeper and i can actually see where this twist comes it's like i'm just telling you this so let's phone her before we go to the poll it's like okay well it's like well let me start by my name is nicholas and i'm a doomie and then, you know, they start talking a little bit better. They try to behave a little bit more. So now I'm phoning. So I was like, well, just give me your daughter's number. We will phone her. I have no problem with this. So I phone her. And like the first thing in the word, which I tell you, don't open the gate. It's like, you're not some kind of scheme. Eh? You're not going to do something to my dad. I was like, no, I stay at this house. I know everybody up to here. I'm a Dermony, but I know you can't trust Dermony's always. <laughs> it's fine. Sometimes we are always, you know, we make the headlines in the news as well. And she was like, no, it's fine. Don't worry. We can go. And she was actually so kind and so nice over the phone. And we tried. And in all of this drama, we got to the poll and it was the wrong poll. So we had to, now I, made, now I need to, I met the new guys. Like, I feel like the stalker. 
Yes, it's five o'clock. Let's just go and stand there next to the road. All right, they're there. And then you walk in. These people are coming back from work, and you walk in behind them. Hello, It's like, did you get my letter on the, on the, on the fence? Uh, but okay. So now, which is funny because I know this lady's story sort of through her dad's eyes. And it, it speaks of like something that's in our minds could be a foreign reality. You know, just what he quickly explained about her past and her situation today. Uh, and just the, the beautiful thing about it is, is how proud he is still of her. Uh, and we'll get back to, to that story and that reality, but where we are maybe in this moment, let's just take a moment and we can listen to the rain and we pray together and then um, I'll, I'll continue with some more stories, which is awesome. Thank you, Jesus, that we can just be here together tonight and we thank you for the rain and we thank you for stories that people share openly with us. I pray as we are here together tonight that we will just grow in these stories and learn from them and realize that you are part of every person's life their story their being and their brokenness and greatness amen we have seen the movie collateral beauty yeah <laughs> yeah 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 uh, anybody else has seen the movie it sounds familiar well, I'll, I'm going to spoil it for you tonight, so don't worry, but you still want to go and watch it. It's like, it's like literally watching a movie like Jane, I was busy with admin, uh, I think it was like a Wednesday, and she's on uh, maternity leave, so she can just do whatever she wants. So she sit, comes and sits next to me with this movie, you know, because it's a girl's movie, I'm not going to watch it, but she, my wife has this thing, she doesn't want to be alone, so she'll rob her, and we're still waiting for Leah May to come. And this movie starts, and I don't know if you've ever watched the movie, you just need to like see 30 seconds of it. And it captures you, and you like close down everything. And you're like, in this moment, I need to watch this movie. Procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little bit different if you're in the middle of your admin and not canceling your admin out. Uh, so, uh, actually what this is, it's um, a guy, and he, which uh, is played by Will Smith, which I love. He starts off a really great company, which gets successful quite quickly in the movie. And part of this, he has friends, you know, everybody maybe, and directors or whatever, which is part of this uh, business. And the movie starts off with the success and the celebration, and then... I missed a few parts, but then his daughter died of cancer. And everything, have you seen it? I saw it. And, and his, his daughter dies, and he loses his whole motivation in life. Like, completely. It's like everything he lived for died. And then he wrote, he wrote these letters to, to death, uh, time and um, love. He, he, he writes these letters and he mailed them to them. And 
the company is falling apart and his friends, let's say his three best friends, his colleagues, uh, realizes if he doesn't sign a paper which allows the company to be invested in, um, the company is going to fail and they are going to lose everything they have also put into the company. So all their money, all their insurance, all their security will also be gone. And they make this amazing plan to help their friend get back on track. So with a lot of motivation, nothing helped. So they went and they met actors uh, which were willing and they paid them. This is this whole bargaining going on in the movie where they give them each the letter love, hope, ach, love, time and death. And they needed to read the letters and reenact if they were time, love, and death. And what they did is they literally set him up without him knowing, meeting up with these people, and then they will suddenly start like reading or how do you say it when you read something and you're gonna give it back? It's like, yeah, reciting his own letters for him. And, and then he like completely freaks out. How do you know this? And then, but what do you mean? You wrote it to me. So they start playing these roles and they get into these roles of what, what they need to do to help this guy in a way. Because what they are doing is they are setting him up so that they can start to have a conversation with, back with him. But he rejects it like crazy. It's it's so interesting because they 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 staged the whole area when he will have this conversation i think the first one he had was with uh, death with the with the one lady and they'll be walking past a a kid and a mom or something like that and he will be like she will be talking with him but they would ignore the situation completely like she doesn't exist so he even gets freaked out of the reality that other people can't see them and he rejects it and, and while everything is going on, he, he goes to a window every now and again where this group of people are sitting and sharing stories of lost loved ones, especially kids or whatsoever. And, and the one lady uh, um, in the meeting, which actually hosts the whole uh, meeting, every now and again comes out and she will have a conversation to invite him into the meeting to be part of it and then he will just mentally shut down and just won't do it which goes on by the way it goes on where he does attend one or two but it's really difficult for him or he just says it's a mistake so you really have to watch this movie to get what i'm saying i'm leaving out a lot of detail but there's a really important story in this whole uh, movie so it continues on and then their friends realize that he's not going to sign off these papers. So what they do is they, they get another opportunity with these actors to go and act out again with him. And then um, they, uh, they go and they get this private investigator, which doesn't look like an investigator at all because it's this old lady, just of a cell phone or something like, recording actually these events without him seeing. And then they edit it out those people and then around the the table they will they they played these films to him and they will be like what's going on here what's the reality what's working here or what, what what's happening with you and then 
he won't be able to explain it to them because he doesn't know that they are actually playing him for a fool or in the moon like they've organized everything like that and and the beautiful thing about it is that we all in our in our lives we get obstacles right things happen that really make life difficult sometimes life is easy but we all have something like that makes us leap i i remember i had this i re, uh, i heard this teaching of one of uh, my mentors where he said never trust a man that's not leaping because when somebody is leaping he's actually he's actually showing you that he's trying to walk with his pain past experience he could even be healed it won't be a problem but he's he had a a moment in life where he needed to make the choice to move on and and in in these stories we can learn a beautiful lesson so coming back to our own lives where you are at this moment the challenges that you are maybe facing or or not facing so like to, to get personal one of the biggest challenges I'm facing at this moment is is my dad passed away about three three and a half months ago my dad passed away and a month after that our firstborn was born and it was one of my biggest desires that my kids can have a grandma and a granddad because I didn't have any of those they all passed off on early ages and and I've realized, I, I went to see Tani Ritamalan. She's a, a psychologist. She's fantastic. And she actually, she started showing me, like, how does some forms of pain and whatever work, you know, and then she gives you all these things. And one of the things that I struggle with is I really, I really start to miss and wonder, and then I like, get a little bit quiet, and I go on autopilot. And then my wife will always tell me, like, where the hell were you now? <laughs> it's like, and then I've just realized, I've, I've wandered off. And I'm, I get moments where I sit down uh, in my car, like uh, the previous one I had, I, I went to a meeting. And it's the craziest thing that can happen to me. I parked into the garage uh, and... I turned off the, the car and I was about to get out. And at the moment when I got out, I just started weeping. I'm looking like one of those crazy people in the car that just starts crying and crying and crying, like for 10 minutes long. And I was like just messaging everybody, I'll be there now. And then you, you get over it and it's like, okay, great. And, you, you, and then you continue on. But everybody, what I'm getting to this is everybody somewhere in our life, it's going to happen if it hasn't happened yet. You are going to face a reality, a challenge in your life where you're going to have to make the choice to move on. And, and the, the reality of the story is not, it's not a beautiful salvation story where all your troubles go away and you receive butterflies. <laughs> it's just learning to live with the reality of life. And what is so beautiful about the story is, uh, it reminds us as well as, as some events in the Bible as well. Uh, if, you, if you read your Bible or know some of your Bible stories, you will just, when I, when I started thinking about this, I started thinking about Moses' story. And how Moses wasn't willing to speak to Pharaoh because he, help me what's in English, 
He stuttered, right? So he had a weakness. And he had a past that was also maybe haunting him of what happened, if you all saw the Prince of Egypt cartoon when we were young. Uh, and then God made a plan to send him Aaron, his brother, to help him with the, a little bit maybe motivation and helping him to, to communicate over what God is telling Moses. Think about all the prophets. They, they had challenges in their lives, like, like literally they had to face with times when they struggled saying, God, I'm not going to talk to these people because they are sinners and I don't think they need a, a new, another chance. And, and you had prophets that had to speak to kings to tell them, but you are the fool. And you can lose your life. And then it continues on. If we just think about the disciples' lives, I'm giving you like a really vague tip of, maybe the tip of the tip storyline here. Yeah? But if you think about the disciples' lives, how they all lived, were persecuted, maybe died, and went on with life. And a side note here is, is sometimes we find ourselves in those situations which is called to me, myself, a, a Judas situation. Where you maybe are the culprit or you are not the culprit. Does this make sense all the way up to you? The stories, the reality? Great. Because what I'm saying Judas actually is, is he made a terrible mistake. But uh, I'm not sure if his mistake is so much bigger than the ones that we make. And, and we have to get be reminded that nobody is perfect at all. And what is so great about this form is that these three friends that is trying to help their friend recover is struggling with their own realities. I, I think the woman's biggest struggle is she's going to lose everything financially that she's put into this business. The one guy is actually here is divorced and he has no relationship with his daughter and he desires to have one. And um, the, the one guy that inspired me most is that he, he, he had cancer and then he, went, he was clean and then he went into recession and he got it even worse back. But he hasn't told anybody, not even his wife. Struggling with cancer himself, these three friends are trying to help their colleague to get back into the beauty of life again, or just trying to get healed again. So, which is a very important point because in life we try and ask for healing before we are willing to give. We ask for two loaves of bread rather than sharing the one maybe slice that we have left. It's like we have this form or this way of life where we think we can only help others if we are helped first. You are healed first. And the reality of the stories and the stories of many Disciples, prophets, kings, normal people in the Bible is they were all broken people that started serving others. They saw their problems, their situation, and they started helping them. They didn't 
fix themselves first and then started with the process of helping. They realized that this guy needs help and we are going to help him. So just to make a conclusion on, on the movie is that at the end you realize that the, the lady which is the head of the council group which has these conversations with him, he goes and meets her at the end. And, and he, he, he has to tell her the reality of what he has done. Now, when they finally got him to sign off the papers so that people can invest, there was another form his lawyer gave him he needed to sign. And nobody knew there was another form. And then when he signed it, everybody was like, can you just tell me... Uh, he left. And they, they asked the lawyer, what did he sign? He said, he finally signed the form where he admits and confirms the death of his daughter. And, and he, went, he goes to, to this lady's house and he like tells her what he has done. And then she starts telling him a story because she also is a victim of someone that she has lost, a child. And then she starts telling him, but do you still remember like your wife? Do you still remember the beauty that you shared? It's not in these words, but that's, that's what you get from what happened. And then he says he does. And he starts weeping and he holds her. And then you realize this lady is his wife. And she is inviting him into this group to start his process of healing while she is also still broken. And they walk off together in the movie and then uh, love time and they stand on this bridge and they wave. Uh, still him not knowing that they were actually normal humans that acted out his letters. Uh, uh, which, uh, which is so great about this, let me just make sure, is that when we want to change, if you need something new in your life, or you need to experience healing, joy, peace, grace, the only way you are most probably going to find it the fastest is if you give it to somebody in need. Out of your pain, sorrow and regret. Not when you are healed or when everything is lacking. If, if we think back about uh, the reality of Peter's story, Peter most probably in his whole life had the reality of the, the Unaron. I'm sure it doesn't matter how many times Jesus forgives you or tells that he has forgiven you when I I almost said a cockroach but when I <laughs> when a cock cries you will be reminded of your past you will be reminded of what you have done and have gone through 
But the beauty is, are you willing to act out what you need or not? And that is the line that we all need to cross. And the beauty of it is that it's scary in the reality because you need to be honest with people around you. So that they can see what you are actually experiencing. Or it comes down to the reality that you need to live so in tune with your own pain or in your own mistakes that when somebody else makes a mistake, you are not going, yo, bloody pack pack. You are going like, but that's me. Just struggling in a different way. And what I need to do at this moment is forgive. Share love and say it is okay. I'm, I'm following at this moment, I'm still following Owen McManus and his church. But he, he, he wrote this new book, The Last Arrow. And it started off with the story where he calls the actors out and their name and the story. But it's these two brothers. And the one is the movie star, if you can say it like that. And the other one is the average bloke. And they go out for a swim. And somewhere in the swim, he explains, the, the average brother tells his uh, more, or his better brother, like, shouldn't we turn around? Because the shore is getting far and we could drown. And it's this whole conversation and it comes down to one, like, he dropped the mic when his brother said, you know, that's your problem. My intention was never to turn around. It was only to go forward. And it tells us that if you want to get out of your situation, your, your, your moment or whatever you are struggling with or stuck in, or when you get into those situations, or you find someone in those situations, you need to remind them that this is a line you need to cross with the mindset that I am not swimming towards shore, but towards the unknown. I don't know if you've ever swam in the sea and you went out a little bit further. Uh, if you don't look back to Balita, you just look forward to the sea. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you are level with the sea. And there is no, there's no guarantee that there will be an end. But we all do know if we had the capability of swimming straight, we will, we will eat Japan or something. <laughs> we, we will eat something. But no, you won't be able to eat it if you are willing to take the risk to leave whatever is behind in the past. And this is the great thing about salvation. Salvation is not a ticket out of misery, regret, trouble, heartache. It is a way that teaches us to live with our mistakes and to help others live with their mistakes, their pain, their struggles. And the joy is not when 
Lazarus is <laughs> resurrected. The joy is knowing that this will one day pass. Uh, and it comes through to one of the guys that said on my, my dad's funeral, and he said, like, there's no way we can ever get you back. But we are all heading towards you. When we are all living our lives, be open towards those that are living with you. Be good to everyone you see. Because your kindness can maybe just, in a moment, silence their pain. And that is maybe all that they need to help them take a next step forward. And a great example of that is, in our own country, is a story like the rugby. Now what I mean about that is you get your critiques that are always going to bluff from the side. But you as a coach and a team are the only people knowing where you are heading. And you can decide, are we listening to them? Or are we swimming forward? And you are going to get situations in your lives. Are you going to listen to yourself saying, I'm going forward? Or are you going to listen to the critiques trying to hold you back? And like my prayer tonight is that out of this story, that you will be open to share like the women de moot, <laughs> the reality of life and what you are struggling with. But knowing that it is part of life, and that it is okay. And that I am most probably not the only one facing these troubles. So, to end off with a training naked, we, uh, for the new, new peeps, we, uh, we end off with a hashtag train naked, which is just where we are living underneath a banner of a hashtag which is saying like we are just willing as we are to live out in this world to loving jesus and loving other out of who we are at this moment not who we are we're going to become or waiting to become start making the choices opening up your eyes towards everyone around you and be brave enough to ask questions or give hugs or read the situation or where you can be of help. Because slowly but surely everyone today is falling into a very deep sleep. Now this may sound really strange. But as a as a as a Duhamini pastor, whatsoever, they really only need me when somebody has died or gets married. Which is not a bad thing. But culture has relied on a Duhamini for that. 
We don't really do pastoral things anymore because that's too private. And I beg that we will not fall into a sleep like that, where we are closed down towards one another. Because a great reality of that is it is not the Domini's work to heal people. It is his work to remind them to be open to heal others. So that we will not fall into a culture like today, going to a church which is Oluk, where a lot of people are getting up, but they've never been there. They're only doing it for Omar. Because Omar asked, when are we baptizing your baby? And we don't want to offend and where we are here together as a community, we will be open to share who we are to grow together. Because to weep alone sucks. To rejoice alone sucks. But to share that is beauty. It's a story where we in our brokenness, like these three friends, can lift up somebody else out of our brokenness, out of our joy, out of who we are. I'm going to pray for us. And then there's some more coffee because the rain is keeping you in. <laughs> uh, right. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we are sitting here tonight, that we can be reminded that you want to use us as we are. You are giving us the opportunity to be the ones that are willing to serve, to love, and to put those qualities like on repeat. I pray, Lord, that you will protect our hearts, our thoughts, our minds from going into a sleep where we are missing those around us. So that we will care more, love more, and search more for your work, your love in every person. We thank you, Lord, that you are willing every day gracefully to walk with us, to help us, to guide us. And may we be remembered that we are never alone. Amen.